All right, here we are. Welcome back. Episode, we're going to call this episode five and a half of uh, Borderline Raptors. This is a an episode dedicated completely to our first ever interviewee uh, on Borderline Raptors, uh, and he goes by the name of Mega. And as I mentioned on the previous episode, Mega is a, an NCAA guru on Division One football. So he's going to talk to us about the origins of his site. And really what it is, is this is a... Uh, a guy who does this for a living puts all his time and energy into evaluating information on NCAA football. And from that is able to derive his own version of lines, his own uh, odds, his own predictions. And for that, he's got a bunch of subscriptions or followers who pay an annual fee for his information. So I think you'll find it interesting. Uh, and, you know, he even gives you some of his picks uh, or thoughts on this week. Uh, we do, I must admit, when we taped this, there was some discussion around Wisconsin and the Nebraska game. So with that game just being canceled, uh, you may want to ignore that. However, it does give you some, uh, he does give you some pretty decent intel on Wisconsin uh, and their prospects with this quarterback that they have. So I found it very interesting uh, just to sort of see how much uh, one person can know about this sort of stuff. So uh, hopefully you'll uh, enjoy it. So uh, in a second, you will be listening to Mega uh, and, my, and Kitch also joins on this one. So here we go. Kitch. Hello. <laughs> uh, no Deno today for this one, but Deno will be joining us uh, for the regular pod this week. But we have... Our very special first, uh, this is Big Mega. You're our first guest on the rebrand. So I'm going to introduce you. I don't want anyone to know your name. I like the pseudonym idea. So I'm going to introduce you as as Mega Locks, but we're going to call you Mega for short. So Mega, why don't you just spend a couple seconds giving me uh, the fan base here a little bit of an idea of how Mega Locks came to be and how's it going? Pretty good. Well, thanks. First of all, it's uh, great to be on with you guys and uh Hope all your listeners are doing well. It's been a crazy 2020 so far. Well, I started um, basically a, a fan of football ever since probably seven or eight. My dad was a finance guy at a, a company that uh, produced uh, sports programs. So basically, they have Super Bowl programs, programs for all the college bowl games, great cup programs, etc. Football was always on. So Saturday and Sunday. And so I just kind of got sucked into it. I've always loved the NFL, but as the older I got, it was the um, the variety in college football, the passion. I mean, there was NFL was starting to grow, but there weren't that many people that really even followed college football in Canada. So maybe I was just trying to be a rebel of some kind. I don't have the list in front of me, but I think I've seen about 60 out of the 130 FBS teams live. So I just love going to the games as well. And that just sort of morphed into me uh, starting up my own uh, uh, website, which basically has a ton of content on it. And for those people that want picks, I also provide picks. It's something I work at seven days a week and I uh, love every minute of it. So is this a full-time gig for you? Yes. So I basically work full-time from February. I start research and then it basically goes until the last. So basically February to yeah, like January is pretty hardcore. Um, maybe I get two months off, but it's seven days a week during football season for sure. Starting really in June. All right. So listen, before I throw it to Kitch for his first question, I know he's itching to get in here, but <laughs> this is the question that I know that every individual gambler wants to know uh, that you can answer. So, but I'm going to ask him on behalf of them in, in uh, from the Dave Bart perspective. Why do I suck 
at sports wagering? <laughs> you know what? That's a great question. I, yeah, I, it, I, why do you suck? And then sometimes I ask myself the same question when I'm picking teams that are losing 55 to three. Um, I think the biggest challenge is just there's it's information overload. So you get this perspective from the TV and you get this from you're reading on the internet and then you get maybe my perspective on a pick. And basically at the end of the day, you're just going to end up going with some random gut feel. And I think the one thing that people really need to do is to find multiple outs. So I think that's always the first thing I tell people. So in other words, if you just have one bookie, whether it be, you know, Billy, you know, at some uh, alley somewhere, or whether it be online, um, you need to have as many outs as possible. So you could always get the best line. So, you know, you might have all your books might have, for instance, plus seven, and there might be one with plus seven and a half for futures it's even more important. So I know I, I really enjoy futures, but especially even think of something as simple as golf, you'll see 25 to one at one book, 60 to one for the same player at another book. So my, my suggestion is it's probably that you don't suck at gambling. It's just that I think you have to give yourself a fighting chance and get as many books as possible open up to you. And then also if you can, you know, lay minus 108, minus 105 instead of minus 110. So in other words, pay a cheaper price. Um, those things automatically to me, if you have, you know, some semblance of what you're doing, I think that will make you a winning better for sure. I, I think you hit the nail on his head. I'm not sure he has a real semblance of what he's doing. So I, I think, I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah. based on the uh, amount of that money that goes out of my account versus comes back into my account, I think I do. I think I can definitively say I suck at sports wagering. <laughs> I don't think there's any, I'd love to think that 108 is my problem versus minus 110, but I don't think, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> uh, Megan, why don't you just, before we get too far ahead into this season, but I am curious about the evolution of the site, like how you sort of found yourself out there. Do you want to talk about like how many people follow you? I'm just curious about how someone says, oh, you know what? I'm going to put a lot of time into being really knowledgeable about NCAA football. And that turns into a, a sports information site where people pay an annual fee to get your knowledge and therefore your picks. Like I'm curious about the, maybe just gives a little bit of the evolution of that. And then we'll get into sort of the uh, current trends. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, first of all, it's something that um, I remember, and I think Kitch was on that original email distribution. It all started with, you know, I'm I, sure I he followed was. college football. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was. Um, <laughs> and just doing it in an Excel sheet and having comments on all the games, just sending it out to like 15 or 20 friends that enjoyed uh, the odd wager on Saturday. Uh, and then I started posting on some online uh, message board forms and I developed quite a following and had some really good years. Uh, and so I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to, um, I'm going to start up a business and have some subscribers and, and see how it goes from there. So that's kind of how the, the idea got in my head and lots of people, uh, signed up, lots of friends and family were great and they supported me as well. Uh, and some, uh, people from the message boards that had followed me for years and, and just kind of, it's, it expanded from there. And then basically, um, you know, you sort of get more well-known on Twitter, for instance, uh, got thousands of followers on Twitter and then basically some people heard about me. So I ended up getting on the radio on some different radio networks. I was even on uh, VEASAN one time, which uh, Vegas sports and information network. Um, so it just kind of expanded that way. And I think right now, I mean, I'm thinking of maybe trying a YouTube uh, extension Ooh. next year. I mean, there's anyone really that has a passion for anything now can really, you, it's really pretty easy to start your, uh, I mean, it's hard to get a following, but I mean, once you start proving that you're an expert in, you know, sort of what you're talking about, um, I think the sky's the limit. You just got to put the work in. How many uh, subscribers do you have out of curiosity, if, you, if you're willing to share? Oh, I'm going, I'm, I'd rather not say how many. It's in, okay. it's multiple hundreds. Okay. Ideally, I'd like to get to a thousand, but I'm still, I'm still a little bit away from that. 
But hey, you um, know what? That makes two of us. We'd like to get to a yeah. thousand too. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's been a long process. I've had the site going, I guess this is my fifth year. You have to love what you do, obviously, because I spend basically it is, it is my job. So uh, every day I get up and I just can't wait to get started again. So is your, do you feel your secret sauce is just the, your time and effort and the, the depth of knowledge that you could, I mean, I'm guessing there aren't too many guys uh, who do this, who probably have as much in-depth knowledge uh, as you do. And is that just all based on sort of research and is your research like historical sports, uh, wagering trends that just like about programs? Like I'd be curious as to how you sort of develop whatever it is you've, you've got your, your secret sauce going. Sure. Well, um, I, I would say it's, it's absolutely like I can talk intelligently about all 130 teams and that's taken basically, you know, 20 years of my life to get to that point. So it's basically just the love of the game, watching basically, you know, all day Saturday, watching the, the games during the week, so that's just sort of you have to have that baseline of knowledge in terms of what to expect from the teams. So as far as, you know, how to the secret sauce, I mean, obviously, no matter what sport you're trying to handicap, whether it be golf or baseball, basketball, you know, obviously, you've got to follow the sport and watch a lot. But um, despite all that and having a good knowledge of the numbers and how the betting markets work, I'm finding it has been it's every year it gets it gets a lot more difficult. Um, and so there's other wagers that I'm finding a little bit more uh, interesting and profitable, uh, in particular, um, season-long wagers or futures, in-game wagering. Um, I didn't used to be a big fan of that. Now I'm quite a big fan of that because I find the the spreads. I mean, frankly, the books are just doing a lot better job. And this year, this year they're giving it to me. <laughs> it's just it's a tough game, and no matter how much you work, there are no guarantees. Well, I'll tell you what I can tell you: the devil is the person who came up with in-game wagering. That's who, created that. That's who created that environment. <laughs> I, I love, I love in-game wagering for college yeah. football. College so do football. I. But college, no, in college football though, I think you can, you can actually do well in in-game because the uh, halftime adjustments are huge in college football. Teams can make these halftime adjustments, and the game can change dramatically. And uh, so I, I love the in-game wagering on college football, and that's probably the I find that's the easiest in-game wagering out there is 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 my college football account for, for live action. But Maggie, you don't do anything with your with your clientele to promote an in-game wager, do you? Like they don't have access to you at that level, do they? No, no. Well, some people do, and they, you know, they'll text me back and forth. But generally speaking, that's one of the things I'm struggling with: how to sort of uh, move move more towards that direction because right. it's just um, so they get the weekly picks. This is the first year I didn't, you know, have a huge laundry list of season-long picks because guess what? We didn't know there was even a season right until really September, essentially, as far as all the other conferences joining. So that that was one of the biggest bullets kind of taken out was that I really like those those uh, season long wagers and basically I have none because they were basically the menus were very limited Uh, and as far as in game the other problem with that is even if I have someone that's you know I'm texting with as you guys know those in game lines they change so fast so I could put out a line and say I got it and then eight seconds later or five it's shut off so you kind of get into that okay well you didn't really get that and that's fake and I couldn't get that line and so that's another challenge and I'm trying to reconcile in my head how I'm going to get around that because I do feel that there's good, imp- good opportunities like Kitch said, but as far as being able to sort of, um, you know, turn that into a business model, it's really difficult. Yeah. I can see. That. I agree. I can't imagine how you do that, but I'm, I'm sure there's a way, but yeah. It would have to be some kind of like a uh, text message. I think there's a couple of guys that do it. So they have like that text message service. So you yeah. get text notifications pushed to you, but I have to be honest. I mean, 
I don't know about pitch, but when I'm doing the end game, it's like you're panicking. You're like, send, send, send. It's really tough to get in the bats. So no, I, I think really, the only way, I think the only way you're doing something like that is like end of quarters, end of halves. Like, yeah. I don't think you well, do it. Like, because, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I love the next possession will be an offensive touchdown, but I'll tell you right now, that's a horrible in-game bet. Very seldom does that pay. <laughs> um, all right, Kitch. All right, we'll, we'll start off. So uh, Bart had a question here that before I get into the nitty-gritty of it, any sort of statistical anomalies you've seen this year, anything in the league that has come up that due to the COVID environment that you see has, has created some sort of anomaly with regards to college football? Sure. Uh, well, the first uh, the first comment I'd make on that is that the volatility. So what I do is for every team, I track how they do versus the Vegas spread. Um, and so, you know, pl- pl- plus 10 would be they beat the spread by 10 points. There's so much more variance this year on a week to week basis. It is like I can't even describe it. So college teasers are probably the worst bet in the history of mankind. And this is a year you would not even want to <laughs> even if you're a complete degenerate, you wouldn't want to do that this year. So there's a lot more variance from week to week, which is why you would expect. You would expect that, right? I agree, yeah. Now, as far as overall trends, just to show you how good the bookmakers are, right now the home teams are 51% against the spread and road teams are 49 Hmm. If you take away overtime games, which I think there's about 10 of them, overs are hitting at 51%, unders at 49. There's a little bit of value. Dogs are hitting at about 54% um, as opposed to 46. Normally, dogs are around 52, so dogs are doing pretty well. The best sort of um, the best subset, if you will, that I found is home dogs are hitting at about 58% so far. And that's a sample size. I'd have to go back to my notes, but maybe it's hmm. 80 games or so. So I had this theory. I don't know. Um, if it's a good time to mention, but the theory is that, I mean, the bookmakers, they're kind of taking down their home field advantage, but I still think there's, despite there not being crowds, right, or large crowds, I still think there's something to be said for being familiar to where you're playing. And so that's why I think you might be able to explain some of these home dogs doing so well. I think that people assume, well, there's no crowd, right? So um, the advantage won't be as much. So that's one trend that, uh, that's been a little bit prevalent. Yeah, no, I, that, that makes sense, actually. And Mega, can I just say, um, I didn't like the way you accentuated the word degenerate. I'm a little sensitive when I hear that word. I'm a little sensitive. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> right, just, yeah, no sense you guys are. Right? No. He's the poster child. He's a poster yeah, child. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's let's dive right in then. Let's look at look some action and uh, and um, some picks out there. So we had we had the Big Ten startup last week, and uh, we had some I would call them shocking results. Well, I was always care of the Big Ten, and and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get your take on the Big Ten, but I'll sort of I'll break it down and nail it down a bit here. Looking at like. I honestly like Michigan state has been a defensive juggernaut for years. How did they give up 38 points to Rutgers? Like that one shocked me when I saw the results from the big 10. They turned the ball over seven times. I know they had the yardage edge, but they turned the ball over seven well, times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they hit, there was two, I think two touchdowns right away that Rutgers got off of fumbles like near the Michigan uh, end zone. But um, generally speaking, yeah, I mean, I know they don't, they're not returning much on defense this year, but I think, from a total yardage standpoint, they were fine, but just as you know, seven turnovers is not a great recipe for success. <laughs> Tough to win, then. Tough to win with that. Yeah. <laughs> Tough to win. Yeah. And the other one was the Indiana knocking off of uh, of uh, Penn State. That was a that was a stellar. Uh, you mean the game they actually didn't win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Penn State. That was interesting because um, Coach Franklin has had some inexplicable losses, games like 
defeat snatched out of the jaws of victory. And this was another one. They could have essentially knelt down. I don't know if you saw the end of the game. They could have knelt down and won. Yeah. The but the running back ran in. That yeah, pulled, pulled a girly. Pulled a girly. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then next thing you know, Indiana goes down the field and they win it in overtime. But that was another game pitch where Penn State, they, they doubled them up in yardage. So it's another thing oh. that I, has been causing me problems the last couple of years is that I base a lot of my um, picks sort of on projected yards. Right. And there's just so many games this year where I can, I, um, I bet Mississippi State one game. Okay. Uh, and they uh, only gave up 156 yards the entire game and they lost by 22. <laughs> so, okay. They gave up 156 yards they, and they gave up tw- and they lost by 22. So it's not to make excuses, but um, sometimes the total yards, like in that Penn State Indiana game, I, Penn State looked a lot. I mean, they looked better than the score indicated. Well, that's one of those scenarios where if you heard that stat without knowing the score, You'd, th- you'd sit there and, well, I've won that bet for fun, right? Yeah. You've heard that, yes. right? So, yeah, there are obviously that's the whole thing. With, I mean, there are things outside of, uh, I guess, all of our controls that, you know, add to these sort of uh, betting mishaps, right? So, exactly. yeah, there's, there's only so much you can do, Mega. Is yes. there, has, has there anything else you saw last week from the Big Ten that really uh, that really surprised you in week one of their uh, of their start? Yeah, well, absolutely. I was so excited, and you guys probably haven't uh, heard the news because only a, only some someone closely following it would be. But Wisconsin has a quarterback. He was twenty for twenty one last week, and <laughs> yeah. guess what? Today they announced he, yeah. he uh, tested for COVID. Yeah, I, uh, I heard that. Yeah. And so now he's out for three weeks, and so so for another risk this year is that let's just say, for instance, you said, okay, I'm going to bet Ohio State to you know win it all or whatever if justin feels their quarterback gets COVID at some point see ya because that's big 10 has the strictest covid um sort of lockdown requirements of any conference so now yep. wisconsin has to play essentially with their fourth string quarterback this week against nebraska so it's very disappointing i was super excited to see wisconsin with this quarterback i can't remember the last quarterback that looked this good and so hmm. um that's kind of disappointing yeah yeah, very. Mm. That would have been uh, have been useful information on last Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> I would love that. I would love that then. <laughs> All right, so heading into this week, we got then we got uh, so you got Michigan State off a stinker and, and Michigan off a decent win over uh, over Minnesota, twenty five point spread. When is when is when has Michigan Michigan State ever been a twenty five point spread? That is yeah. that that's a lot of points. Yeah, that's a lot of points. I I had it, I have it sort of, I have come up with my own sort of, you know, lines and I, I had it at 19 and a half or so, 19 to 20. Um, that feels like a lot. It's an overreaction to Michigan. I mean, they looked really good against Minnesota, uh, but it's also an overreaction to, you know, Michigan State losing to Rutgers. But if you looked into the box score, they weren't, they weren't that bad. And like you said, it's, I mean, you're going to get Michigan State's Super Bowl effort, whether or not it's good enough, yeah. uh, is another question. Um, and so we'll see. I think I would absolutely. That's on my short list, actually, is, is put the clothes peg on my nose and bet Michigan State. So, Megan, that's interesting what you said there. As part of your process, do you come up with what you think your line would, would spit out against? And then you compare it to the Vegas yes. lines? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. your own algorithm. It's not incredibly scientific. It sort of is, but what I with my ratings, I move them a lot quicker than say the market will. So, for example, um, if a team blows out another team, a lot of and probably the guys that are way better than me at power ratings, they might move a team down like half a point or a point. Where I tend to move mine quicker, sort of. Uh, so I would move a team off a really good performance a lot more, and off a bad performance, move them a lot more. So my my rating is sort of more reflective of what I think reality is now. If you follow me, so that's sort of yeah. my niche. Yeah. that's my niche. Otherwise, I would just say 
you know, there's all kinds of power ratings out there. You can just go get four power ratings and average them if you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But I, I try to make mine move a little bit quicker. Yeah, so if you go to his, his website, Bart, you will see that every every analysis comes with Vegas line and his line. So it will show up. Oh, I know that. Well, listen, we're going to promote the website here in a minute. Just a second. Don't don't get ahead of me. So then, and so then, circling and then circling the Big Ten. I think probably if you were circling the beginning of the season, the big games of the of the year this week with Ohio State, Penn State. There's a Penn State coming off the stinker loss to Indiana. Ohio State looking like Ohio State. Um, in the first game, so you eleven and a half point spread on that one this week. And uh, what's your thoughts on that game? That one's that one's going to get uh, a lot of a lot of viewership. Yeah, that's that's the game of the week. And uh, I'm actually I hope to have a write up on that done by uh, well shortly after dinner. My gut feel right now is that that I would take Penn State in the points, and that it's just a lot. Of, it's a lot of points, and I don't think they were as bad as they looked last week. And they're in t- like not that this wasn't their biggest circled game, but I think once again, I mean, you're going to get a max effort out of Penn State. Ohio State, they, Justin Fields is a phenomenal quarterback. Still not sure their defense uh, is as good as um, we're used to seeing. Actually, I know it. I know it isn't, and they don't really have. It looks like maybe the home run hitting running back that they've had in the past. So, I would, if anything, right now, I would, I wouldn't lay the points. I would, uh, I would probably try to get as many as I could with Penn State. All right, listen, we cannot. We can't do this without talking about the the big conference that, and we actually have a little bit of a following in the uh, the SEC conference. So I'm curious just to get your just your overall thoughts of the conference play so far year to date, and then who you like, and any sort of because I think there's some anomalies coming out of that conference this year. They're not. Um, yeah, well, I think uh, you're sp- SEC, right? SEC, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So I think, well, there's one takeaway, which is not really a hot take, but I think more so than the last few years. I mean, I think Alabama's heads and shoulders above everyone in the conference. So uh, like right now, I don't know if you could find odds anywhere, but I, I can't see Alabama losing to Georgia with their quarterback situation, like ever. And Florida's <laughs> not good enough. Um, their defense is total trash. So I think Alabama is even last year i mean i had uh um you know i was pretty high on lsu last year but understood that alabama was still good and even georgia was a little bit better last year their quarterback uh, play was a little bit better so right now i think it's a little different in that alabama to me is even more so than the last couple of years they're sort of heads and shoulders above um above the other teams in the in the sec and mega just 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 so people are aware out there i am Five and zero on Alabama cover this year. Five and zero. Oh, yeah. So I got. I'm going to ride that pony as long as I can. Are you going to you going to lay the thirty one this week? I'm going thirty one and a half. I'm going. Whoa. What are you going to start your own website? Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. Right? You're five and zero. Right. You know what? That's going, classic catch. It only tells us about his winners. Oh, yeah. Only uh, winners. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's my trick. Right yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Go, go, sorry. All right, Nelson. I got to. Um, I, I told him I'd get this in. Uh, stay on the sec. So I've got a buddy, we call him Kentucky Russ. Uh, and I, I don't know Russ, uh, that well, I've only got to know him a little bit in the last few months and he's led me astray on the, uh, the prowess of the Kentucky Wildcats. So I would love for you to just give us a 30 second, uh, 30,000 foot view of what you, what you feel is in store for the Kentucky Wildcats for the rest, uh, rest of the season. Well, first thing I'd say about Kentucky is that they're one of the better programs now in the sec. East. Oh. Uh, the recruiting, the recruiting is actually now, I'm going to, that's sort of my 50,000 foot view, right? Like they're very well coached and they're recruiting a lot better. The problem is they just don't have a quarterback. Like they were on the field for 41 minutes last week, I think. And they, 
I mean, they they only lost by ten. I mean, it was they're they're scrappy, they're well coached, but they have no quarterback play whatsoever. So if they could just translate some of the recruiting that they're getting on the offensive and defensive line, if they could somehow find a, a capable quarterback or maybe get one via the transfer portal next year, um, like they're they're equivalent to Tennessee for sure. And I must like they're like a good solid SEC team. They're not great, um, and they're always going to be limitations, but. They're not, they're not a team I like to bet against, put it that way. And they wow. put the boots to Tennessee, didn't they? Didn't they put the boots to Tennessee this they year? They killed Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. They looked oh, yeah. horrible. Yeah. Listen, because Kentucky Russ made me bet that game, uh, so I did, and I so I watched it. They looked awful with a capital A. That was so, that was, I could not believe that was a team I'd wagered on after after the fact. It took me a couple hours to get over that one. Um <laughs> So you, it's it's that simple this year. It's it's Alabama, but God, Alabama's defense. Are you not uh, are you not a little worried about how many yards they give up, how many points they give up compared to relative uh, relative yeah, years? So that's a great question. I think um, so. As far as the, I'm talking specifically with Alabama, I'm talking relative to the rest of the SEC. Okay. Uh, but right now, in my power in my power ratings, I have Clemson as one point better than Alabama because, like you said, I trust Clemson's defense better, and I like the mobility at quarterback better for Clemson. I also they just they have more of a home run hitter at running back versus Alabama um, and I have Ohio State about two points worse than Alabama so they're like a cream of the crop sort of top three um, I am worried about Alabama's defense uh, and that's why I think if you know I would make the game right now in a neutral field I would be Clemson minus one and I would probably bet on Clemson wow so uh, out of that because that was gonna be one of my questions too is uh, who you've got for the playoff push this year so those are obviously your top three assuming uh, the Big Ten doesn't implode but give us the you know your four or five six guys if you, who might sneak in for that four spot. This year's kind of sad. There's it's kind of even more obvious than normal. I think Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State are pretty much givens at this point in time. What's interesting is that the the Big Twelve, Texas and Oklahoma each have two losses. Yeah. Um, so I just don't see I don't see Oklahoma State going undefeated. So the Big Twelve is essentially out. I don't see a second team in the ACC getting in because they would have to beat Clemson. North Carolina already has one loss. Notre Dame plays Clemson. I don't see them beating Clemson. So what that does is that opens it up for a couple of sneaky teams to get in. If you throw out the Pac-12, they only play six games. So someone's going to have to run the table, win the championship game, and will a 7-0 team get in? Hard to say. If I threw out the Pac-12, my my sneaky pick would be Texas A&M. Um, they've lost Alabama, and I think they can run the table. And I'm assuming Alabama will also run the table, and they will have beaten Georgia twice or destroyed Florida. Texas A&M, they, they added like out of 25, 30 to 1 big price to make the playoff. I don't think that's out of the ordinary because I see a lot of attrition happening in the future and attrition that's already happened. The fun, the other fun one I'd love to see which again, this is another long shot, would be BYU. They've been my favorite team to watch this year because they're so physical and they have an NFL quarterback that has accuracy that is it's off the charts. They haven't beaten anybody yet, so they're going to have to play a big game at Boise State later in the year. They play San Diego State, who also looks pretty good in the Mountain West. So if they could run the table and there's a lot of carnage, this just might be the year where that fourth team ends up being, you know, a non-power five team that everyone's always, you know, crying. We want a bigger playoff. We want to have one of the little guys in there. So that's a, that's a big long shot, but if they went undefeated and they've looked great so far, that would be another long shot to get in there. Well, I mean, if there's a year that's going to happen, that does make the most sense. Uh, seeing as up is down and left is right this year. So uh, now, but you know, I must've been, I'm a little concerned. You didn't mention, uh, I think you missed the team in there uh and, and this is coming from a, a windsor slash detroit boy but i didn't not hear the wolverines 
uh, as a, uh, as yeah, a, well, you know as what? a competent fourth team. <laughs> they, well, they have to beat Ohio state. I don't think they're, I mean, and so we haven't beaten since I think who's the boss was the oh number one God. show on TV <laughs> when boss time. They <laughs> Ooh, them. So, uh, I'm cheering for Michigan. I, they finally have a, it looks like they've got a quarterback, a dual threat quarterback. Um, but can they beat Ohio state? I just, I just don't see it. And if they, even if they won all the rest of their games, I just don't see the second best team in the uh, in the Big Ten East, assuming Michigan beats Penn State. I just I don't see it. No, listen, I I was the biggest Harbaugh guy when he came. I thought this is absolutely the defining, you know, turn this program around moment. And you know what he did? He turned the program around and they're going to be a solid nine win team in a normal year. And that's all they're ever going to be because he just doesn't have enough creativity on the offensive side of the football to allow himself to to win those massive games. Like he just, I feel he's just so uh, predictable in what he does. And I, so I, I ultimately, I think that's the, the, the biggest holdback because they, they get talent. It just doesn't do much with it. Yeah. I think, um, I think this is finally his sort of um, the last excuse. It would be now if he can't sort of get this team over the hump with a couple of years of Joe Milton, that quarterback, I think that might be the death knell, so to speak for Harbaugh, yeah. but uh, I'm certainly, I'm certainly cheering for him, but it's just Ohio state recruits at just another level. Um, and so Michigan still, when I watch them, you know, they still have good team speed on defense. They still look a little small to me compared to the athletes that Ohio state has on the field, but um, at least Michigan state now has a quarterback that, that could theoretically win a big game. Yeah, they haven't that, haven't had that in a while. Haven't had that in a no. while. <laughs> no, they yeah. have not. Maybe it was Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe Brian Greasy <laughs> on any football. Uh, all right, Kitch, Before we get, I got a couple more things here before we go. You got anything else before you? Uh, I, well, we should talk about about games this week and and uh, and things we could bet on this week and stuff. So I think I think that's that's that should be the discussion. Like, what you got well, anything okay. more generic than that before we get there? No, I, I don't think so. I'm happy to go into this week's action, but without giving away all the uh, you know, let's not. Uh, Let's not give away the why buy the what's the expression why buy the milk when you get the cow for free. Let's not give it all away. But why don't you, if you're okay with it, Mega? Why don't you give us you know maybe a couple of picks yeah, and, sure. you know, and one and one sort of uh, dog. We like the dog plays here too. Sure. Oh, okay. So well, actually, do your pitch there too. So yeah. and the other thing too on Mega's website, he does a money line dog parlay every week. He he announces four or five money line dogs every week and. Uh, and uh, and it gives you gives you gives you angles there. So that's that's a, that's another plug for for uh, your leading your lead, you're setting them up, Bart. You're setting them up. Well, there you right? go. That's how I do it. That's why I'm the host. That's why. Pretty smooth. Pretty smooth. So, um, well, full disclosure, I haven't made any. I haven't made any big bets. I haven't sent out a pick. But there's a couple of intriguing things that I am looking at, and I'll just talk about those. Sure. Like one is um, some sweet Friday night action. Hawaii at Wyoming. Okay. So really? the angle here is Hawaii. Um, they have a new head coach. And for the first time in recorded history, I think they, uh, well, they had 300 yards rushing. They have a new head coach there and they're very balanced and they ran for 300 and passed for 200. So they're very, they looked absolutely, they looked great on offense. Now, the tricky part of this handicap is that Wyoming is the, that their stadium, it's going to be at night and I've checked, it's going to be freezing. (laughs) Um, And it's the highest altitude uh, in college football in terms of uh, Laramie, Wyoming. Um, So this is my sort of in-game thought that if you uh, were up at around 9:45 eastern um you just watch to see how the first drive or so goes because if you see you know the hawaii guys if they're all just if they're getting because wyoming's really physical if it looks like hawaii does not want to be there i would just i would look at a a strong uh, wyoming play in terms of in-game and if it looks like the guys are handling it go with go with hawaii perfect i like that i like that scenario 
All right, and uh, uh, yeah, and Hawaii had a great week last week too. So that was that's that that, that was that was a stellar game for them last week. So sort of the theory on this one is this is like a this is a for me a prime at least opportunity. You're not necessarily guaranteed to win, but it's a great game to sort of to really try to just watch early and then make a bet according to what you see early. So if Hawaii doesn't want to, if it looks like they don't want to be there, it's the ultimate warm weather team playing in the cold in, at altitude. If it looks like the guys, you know, they're they're just getting the, the offensive linemen. They're all they're, they're cold. The guys aren't catching the ball. The quarterback, um, you know, it doesn't look comfortable. Uh, Wyoming is a very physical team. So if Hawaii looks like they don't want to be there on the first drive or two, then regardless of what the score is, it could go really sideways and Wyoming could just destroy them. And on the other hand, Hawaii has way more talent from a skill position perspective. Last year, they played a tough game at Nevada and I, I thought that Nevada had the advantage for being at home and Hawaii just trucked them. It was in the rain and they couldn't be stopped and they, they, they weren't phased by the weather. So this is a prime opportunity to me. It's basically a pick them. So if you can see right away after the first couple of drives, which team looks like they came to play, I think you could probably have a good uh, in-game play there. Okay. Listen, I, listen, I got nothing to do on Friday night. Now I do. This is great. Perfect. Thank you. Give us another one. If you got one, this is a sort of a, a tough one because I alluded earlier to uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and I think it's still it's off the board right now because they're trying to figure out if it's going to be a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker quarterbacking for uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, so it's off the board, but I really like the under there. And even though I'm not sure, it I, the last number I saw was 48, but I've seen some quotes today from Wisconsin saying we don't care who's playing quarterback, we're just looking forward to cracking some heads. <laughs> so I think you, you might even see some wildcat. You're going to see a lot of running and Nebraska, they really struggle throwing the football. So I think you could see uh, kind of a snot bubbler 17, 14 kind of game. Um, I wouldn't go too low. So like I said, I, I haven't seen it pop back up since the quarterback announcement, but at any in the high forties, that feels like a pretty good under. If it opens in the low forties, then maybe just wait for an in-game opportunity. I'll tell you, Denno. Denno's going to love that under. It'll be all over the unders. He loves the unders. Loves the unders. All right. And maybe one more. One more thought, and then we won't uh, – everyone else have to go pay for the rest of them. Sure. Um, well, the um, yeah, the only other game, and I haven't played it yet, but I kind of – I'm sort of leaning to Texas A&M. It's another team I like quite a bit. Uh, Arkansas has gotten off to a good start, but they've had uh, – Third, they picked off 13 passes so far. They can't run the football. So, I mean, they've had a lot of turnover luck. Um, and it's a team that before the season had a, had a season win total of one and a half. And they've already won two games. Um, so I think Texas A&M even laying around 11 is probably still a pretty good bet. I've seen, I see some 11s and 12s out there. Uh, I wouldn't lay 14, but I think that's, that's also on my short list. Oh, you know what? No, I like that one. See that, that. I'll tell you right now, you just got yourself some subscribers right there. That was good intel. That was really, I love that. I am all, yeah, you know, the I'm problem gonna, is the intel sometimes leads to you know, one in four weeks, right? So. No, it doesn't matter. I'm going to bet the farm on Arkansas. Wait, no, Texas no. A&M. Whatever, well, I'll figure it out. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever, I'll figure it out. Um, all right, listen, that's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a couple of games too that I'm just, I'm curious on myself. Jesus. Can I get, can I get insight in games? I'm looking at? So yeah, I know, but you know what? Would, Bring it again, on. The, the milk, the cow. Remember what I just said? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, so the undefeated teams in the big 10 matching up this week, Indiana Rutgers, Indiana's 12 and a half over Rutgers in, in this week's game. And, uh, and uh, is Indiana for real after Penn State? Is Rutgers for real after Michigan State? Give me your, give me your thoughts on that one. I'm just, I'm more curious on that than anything. 
yeah, that's that's a game I probably won't be touching, and only because <laughs> like how how do you play Indiana? I mean, to me, they're two touchdowns better than Rutgers. Um, but how do you play Indiana after literally one of the biggest wins, maybe the biggest win in what fifty years, maybe uh, for Indiana? So how do you yeah. emotionally laying double digits against a dog that, regardless of how they did it, um, they still beat Michigan State? Um, so I think my ratings say it should the line should be fourteen. Um, but I just, I just can't, I just don't know how Indiana is going to react. I mean, they're only human, right? And they only, I think they, I'm pretty certain they didn't even get 300 yards of offense last week. So that's a tough one, Kitch. I think, uh, <laughs> you'll be riding solo on that one. Yeah. But you know what? I think, uh, the fact that Indiana doesn't actually have to break the plane to get touchdowns. I mean, that's a huge advantage for them. They're going to get called touchdowns anyways. That's, that's, that's massive. Oh, for them. Someone's, someone's still the bitter. Ball bounced, the ball bounced for the pylon. That's bullshit. That's sour not, that was not a two point conversion. Sour, sour grapes are still out there. <laughs> and my last one, my last one for you, Megan. And I, picked your brand this earlier and i know you haven't done much on it yet but looking at louisville louisville seems to be turning up a notch they just destroyed florida state last week 48 16 and then virginia tech who was rated 19th going into the game played a mediocre wake forest team i i think mediocre maybe they're better than they are but i think mediocre and i lost 16 23 16 due up to to wake forest yet virginia tech is fared by three over louisville this week I, that's, to me, that's got a money line dog written on it with Louisville, but uh, I'll, I'll be interested to take it. If you haven't done anything on it yet, I'll, I'll wait and read it on your on your site. But uh, that's one that uh, that one that the ones that piques my interest for the week. Well, um, I'm pretty much uh, reading your mail there. I'm, uh, Louisville is 100 percent going to be in my money line dog picks for the top five money line dogs I like to parlay. Um, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to um, play them straight yet, but um, they have definitely turned the corner on defense and they do have, the offense was never a problem. Um, I, I'm not at Virginia tech. I was super high on to start the year and they've been hit pretty hard with COVID to be fair, they but have. they're not as well coached and they make way too many mistakes. So I think catching three or three and a half at home, um, I think Louisville looks like, yeah, that looks like a pretty good play to me. If, worst case scenario, throw it in your money line, um, your money line action, right? Yeah, uh, I think so for sure. For sure. sure. Why not? Why Happy not? To. Happy Why to. Not? Anything with a plus. Anything with a plus. <laughs> All right, Megan. So uh, give us the website and then uh, our BLR, our BLR promo. Yeah, sure. You can uh, you can check out the site if you want at uh, megalox.co. Quite happy to give you guys uh, a free code to sign up. So you guys, um, when you... Uh, when you publish your podcast, just make what the code is. Send me an email, and I'll set up that code. And these guys, and everyone can join. Uh, you can join up for free. Like I said, there's no guarantee you're going to make a lot of money, but at a minimum, you'll get some good information, and you'll be able to get a quick synopsis of every game. Uh, well, that's awesome. So I think our code is going to be BLR uh, Borderline okay. Raptors. So the code will be BLR. Uh, okay. So for everyone, uh, go there. And that's listen. I think that's an awesome. Thank you very much for doing that. Oh no uh, problem. Luckily for you, you will not be overwhelmed because uh, as we work on listenership, it's still uh, we're still at re- relatively low numbers. So, but you will get a few guys for sure who, who sign awesome. up on that. So, so uh, that's that's very that's great of you. So, listen, Mega, this was a ton of fun. It, you know what? Very insightful. Like I'm all over it. I'm I'm going to become a paid subscriber. I'm going to do that right <laughs> away. Because I- thanks a lot, guys. It was a pleasure <laughs> talking to you guys. It was uh, had a lot of fun. Anytime, anytime. All right. Well, we'll definitely, we'll do it. We'll do it again before the season's out. Yeah. Maybe from the horse track. Maybe we'll do it from, from Mohawk. Oh yeah. You know, we didn't even mention that. Do you want to just talk? Cause I noticed on your site, you do the ponies too. Kentucky Russ, big pony guy too. Loves yeah. the ponies. Do you, yeah, what do you do about I, the ponies? Um, oh, yeah, I basically I do a couple of, I mean, basically a couple of months of horses a year because with college football, it's just too much. So basically starting in 
January, once the basically as soon as the uh, the final whistle of college football, I run upstairs and print out some racing forms, right? So uh, January through April, essentially three to four months max, um, because I don't want to take away from my college football work. But absolutely love the standard breads, love the thoroughbreds a lot, um, especially in, the, in those cold, dark winter, those winter days. And I get some time off, so I'm playing some really gross tracks like Parks and Mahoning Valley, and I just love it. It's awesome. Golf stream <laughs> on the weekend. Listen, can I just say, I've never met your wife, but I love her. She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. (laughs) She sounds it. (laughs) I don't know one thing about her, but she is amazing. All right, Megan, listen, thank you. Yep. Thanks, Megan. Hey, no problem, guys. Take care. All right.